We are in our August series called Live Free, and I hope you were here last week as we kicked this off, and we're going to continue it this week. I have actually asked a friend of mine to come and share with you this week, to share his story, and uh, to bring the word. His name is Unique Mackey, and he's a, a friend of mine. I've been in a pastor's prayer group. We meet on Thursday mornings uh, right in front of SRP Stadium down in North Augusta, and uh, we're part of the same prayer group, and we're getting to know him over the last while, and become good friends, and I'm really excited to have him come share. He is the pastor of Chosen Church that meets on Saturday nights, and so that frees him up to come preach on a Sunday. It's a, it works out for all of us. Uh, you had to preach two days in a row, didn't you? Preached last night, too. So, so he should be really good and warmed up, and uh, he shared in the first service, and it was incredible, and I, you are in for a treat, no doubt about it. Uh, if you know my heart and me and Joy, our heart and desire is that we would be able to network with other churches in the area. You know, we don't have any competitors in church work. We're all on the same team. We're all trying to build the same kingdom. And so the more we can network and work together, the better. And I'm excited to have him come share with you about freedom today. So would you make my friend Yannick McKee, Mackie welcome. Good morning, New Hope. How y'all doing? I'm so excited to be here with you. As Pastor Reagan said, we have grown fast friends, and the work that you all are doing in this community is amazing. Do y'all mind just for a moment giving Pastor Reagan and Pastor Joy a hand about, for the work and their faithful service to you? They are an amazing couple, and God is using them in an amazing way in this community, and I'm excited to be a part of that this morning. This series, I told Reagan in the back, I, I just think it's, it's, it's the season for this message. So many people, especially as we come out of this pandemic, are fighting for freedom, you know, fighting for freedom in their marriages and, and fighting for freedom in their ministries and, and fighting for, for freedom from fear and, and depression. And so I am excited about what God is going to do in this ministry. Uh, through this message of freedom over the next month. Before I get into the message, I do want to give you a little bit of information on who I am and why this message of freedom means so much to me. It, it is a message that I believe God has for all of us because he wants freedom. But freedom isn't just, it, it can come naturally and, and supernaturally, but oftentimes freedom has to be fought for. Freedom can be found through the choices and the decisions that we make. When I was growing up, my father was one of the highest ranking executives for Delta Airlines. He spoke four languages. He graduated summa cum laude with a master's degree in international communications. If you've ever flown international through Delta Airlines, you are a recipient of some of my father's work. Growing up, my life could not have been any better. That was until I turned 11. At the age of 11, my mother had to go into the hospital for what the doctors said was going to be a lengthy stay. So my father came to us and he said, Yannick Chantal, which is my younger sister, we were going to have to move to Memphis because of my dad's corporate obligations. He could not take care of my sister and I without my mother's help. So we moved to Memphis for what we thought was just going to be a few weeks and it turned out to be a few months. Mom and dad eventually flew back into Memphis, 
And it was like old times. We watched movies. We played Monopoly. We went out to eat. We actually thought that we were going to get to go back home and resume our normal lives. But dad came into the den and he said, Unique and Chantal, I need to talk to you. And we were watching our favorite television show at the time. I'm going to date myself, but it was the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. And we were just chilling and we were watching the television show and dad came in and he was like, Unique, Chantal, we need to talk. So we looked up and was like, well, go ahead, a commercial's on. <laughs> and he was like, no, it's serious. I need you to follow me into the bedroom. And so my heart started to beat a little fast at that point, wondering what would be so important that dad would interrupt my favorite television show. And we follow him into the bedroom. And I'll never forget this. He sat me down on the corner of the bed and spoke to me as if I was the only one in the room. And he said, Unique, Chantal, your mother and I have an HIV virus and there's no cure. So at the age of 11, I didn't know what HIV was, but I certainly knew what no cure meant. It meant no more fancy vacations. It meant no more luxurious lifestyle. But worst of all, it meant eventually no more mom and dad. I asked dad, I said, dad, how do you get HIV? He said, Unique, I had an extramarital affair and I contracted HIV and I unknowingly gave it to your mother. Well, at the age of 11, I learned a hard but helpful lesson. And that is, you don't always get a second chance. Yeah, I'm a preacher of grace. I, I love mercy, but let's keep it real. We can make decisions in bondage that can be detrimental, not just to our life, but to the legacy of our family. Don't let the devil trick you into thinking that you always get a second chance. So I learned a hard but helpful lesson at the age of 11. Unique, your decisions matter. Unique, your discipline makes a difference. Unique, if you really want to accomplish God's plan and purpose for your life, you're going to have to go through the pain of submitting to, to God so that through his restrictions, you can be released for purpose. There's a civil war going on in each and every one of us. A civil war is, is when the citizens fight against one another and they're from the same country. Civil war spiritually is when there's conflicting desires in the same person. There's one person, but there's two desires in us. I don't know if you remember the movie Civil War. I am an Avengers fan. I know I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a big, I'm a big kid. But this is one of my favorite movies. And it's called Civil War because Tony Starks and Captain America are on the same team, but they have a conflicting desire. 
Captain America believes they shouldn't have any accountability to the government, and Tony Stark thinks that they should. He says, we've been making too many mistakes. We're wilding out out here. People are getting hurt. People are getting killed. We need oversight. Captain America says, we don't need any accountability. We, we, we can rule ourselves. They were on the same team, but they had different desires. So they ended up splitting the team. See, our purpose is going to get destroyed if we're not able to get on the same page within ourselves, See, we have a Holy Spirit. Those of us who have given our life to Christ were given God's Spirit, but we also have a human nature. And the human nature does not want what the Holy Spirit wants. God has a will for our life, but oftentimes God's will, the Holy Spirit's will, does not line up with our human will. And God has a purpose and a plan for us, but it's hard to achieve that purpose and walk out that plan because there's the pain of conflicting desires. These conflicting desires wanting to do what's right and knowing what's right, but having the nature of, of, of wrong, wanting to live out God's will, but having a will of our own. Those, those conflicting desires cause constant discord. That's why Matthew 16, 24 says that anybody who wants to be my disciple must first deny himself, and then you must pick up your cross, and then you must follow me. What Jesus is teaching is that every single day, there's going to have to be a battle. Every single day, we're going to have to fight for self. Every single day, we're going to have to deny something that we want. Conflicting desires cause constant discord. Every single day, we have to fight for freedom. Every single day we wake up, there, there's going to be a denial of self. That's the sacrifice. But then he says, don't stop there. I want you to pick up your cross. The cross is emblematic of Jesus Christ's greatest place of pain. And we love to talk about the cross of Christ, but we need to focus some on our cross because he's saying that every time you decide to, to, decide to deny self unique, there's going to be a cross that goes along with that. With every single sacrifice, there comes some suffering. Unique, there, there are going to be some times where you want to let people know how you feel and I need you to, to deny self and understand that with that sacrifice, there's going to come some suffering. Unique, there's going to be some people that you prefer not to forgive, but Unique, I need you to deny your, your, your selfish nature uh, and, 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 and the, to, the, the, what you want to do, the, the revenge you want to get, that, that vengeful habit that you have, and I need you to submit to your, your, yourself to me and make that sacrifice, but understand that that sacrifice is going to come with some suffering. There's a cross that comes if we want to live in freedom. And he says, I want you to follow me. 
Follow you where, Jesus? To freedom? To your place of purpose? It's not going to happen doing what you want to do, unique. It's not going to happen fulfilling your will and your selfish desires, unique. What you're going to have to do if you want to get to freedom, if you want to really follow me, you're going to have to be my, my disciple. Did you know that the root word for discipline actually is disciple? Which means you really can't be a disciple without discipline. They're really the same word. If we want to live in freedom, it's going to come with the discipline of denying self. Of being willing to suffer, being, being comfortable in uncomfort. And as we do that, we'll be confident that we're going in the direction of our God. Watch this. The key to freedom is understanding there's a fight. See, I love it when it says in Galatians 5, 16 through 17, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Let means give permission to. Give God permission to exercise his power over your life. Isn't that interesting and intriguing that an all-powerful God is still gentleman enough to wait for permission? That God isn't just going to always take over. That sometimes you got to say, God, I want you to guide my marriage. God, I'm giving you permission to take over in my home. God, I'm giving you permission to exercise your power in my ministry. God, I want you to take over my career. God, I'm not trying to make a plan and add you to it. God, you the plan. Says then, here's the key. You won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. Verse 17, the sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the spirit wants. And the spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature craves. These two forces are what? Constantly fighting each other. So you are not free to carry out your good intentions. That messed me up. That was problematic for me. Because Pastor Reagan said, Unique, we teach in a series on freedom. But when I read that, it says we're not free to be free. How, how can we live in freedom, but it says we, we, we are not free? What I realized when I studied the text, see, sometimes we, we say, I don't want to study the Bible. I, it, it doesn't make sense. It contradicts itself. Well, it doesn't contradict itself when you, when you read it in its context. The, the author wasn't saying you are free from the battle. You're free from the bondage. He, he's saying you, you're not free 
because there's going to be a battle, but you, you're free from the bondage. That's why you can let the Holy Spirit guide you. Because when we gave our life to Christ, we had power over sin. When, when Jesus Christ rose from the grave, the same power that he had, to, we have. And, and so what we're learning here is that, guess what? There's a presence of sin, but that presence of sin doesn't mean it has power over you. There is a presence of sin. Oh, you can keep it real. I already know it. There's a battle. And some of you are second guessing, do I really have a relationship with God? Because if I did, why am I having to fight? Shouldn't freedom be easy? Why is there a struggle if I'm saved? Well, you're saved from the penalty and the power, but not saved from the presence of it. Because of our human nature, every day we wake up, we have to make a decision to do what's right. But because of our human nature, every day we wake up, we have to make a decision to serve and not be selfish. Every day because of our human nature, we have to make a decision to follow the Holy Spirit. We have to make a decision not to let the presence overtake us in its power. We're saved in three tenses. That's past tense. That's salvation, meaning when you gave your life to Christ, that moment you were saved. Don't doubt that. When you placed your faith in Christ, you were saved. You had a relationship with God at that moment through faith and grace. You were saved. Your, your past sins were covered. Your present sins were covered. Your future sins were covered. That's salvation. That's past tense. But there is a present tense salvation, and, and that's called sanctification. What that means is that every single day as I grow closer to God, I am being saved. Past tense salvation, present tense sanctification. That means that every single day I have to give in to the present tense of my salvation. That is, every single time I do what God calls me to do and I allow the Holy Spirit to rule my human spirit, I got saved again. Every time I kept my mouth shut when I, when I should, I was being saved. Every time I said no to, 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 to a, a sinful desire, I was being saved. Every time I gave unself when I preferred to be greedy, I was being saved. Every single day, we live a present tense salvation that's called sanctification, where God is cleansing our old thoughts and renewing our mind, where God is changing our behavior and, and leading us on a path of righteousness. There's a battle. Yes. So I'm not free from the battle, but I am free from the bondage. Oh, that's so good. Let me try this out. Young people, all eyes on me. I know it's a struggle. It, it wasn't easy getting here. That, that was a battle. Young men, I, I, I know it's hard. E even right now, you're struggling not to look at the young lady's ankle sitting next to you. I know it. <laughs> They lotioned up. Ladies, it doesn't take much. You stand at an elbow. Cam, I see you. Get, look, all eyes on me. Listen. 
It's a battle every single day. But just because there's a, there's a battle doesn't mean you're in bondage. Is anybody glad that I'm free to live the life that God called me to? Yeah, I may have to fight for freedom. Yes, there may be a battle, but I'm not in bondage. Here it is. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature, but the old has what? The old has what? Behold, the new has come. You're a new creature, but don't get it twisted. We still have old habits. You don't cure a 30-year-old habit in three days. Yeah, it can happen. Don't, God can move miraculously, absolutely. But, but more times than not, there's going to have to be discipline. There's going to have to be the reading of my word. There's going to have to be corporate worship. There's going to have to be serving. There's going to have to be selflessness. There's going to have to be some accountability. Ladies, that's why you need to sign up for that small group. That's, that's going to be powerful because the Bible says, confess your sins to one another so that you may be healed. You thought you only had to confess your sins to God. It doesn't say that. It says confess your sins to one another so that you may be healed. Healing comes through community. Healing comes from accountability. We, that, that, that's, that's how we live out that, that sanctification, that present tense salvation. It, it's, a, it's a daily submitting to the disciplines that lead me to freedom. But we are tempted, James 1 says, when we are drawn away and trapped by our own evil desires. Don't miss it. The trap comes when I allow my temptation to draw me away. Come here, come here, come here. You can be tempted without being trapped. Just because you think it doesn't mean you have to do it. Just because you have a desire doesn't mean you have to walk it out. Everything that's in your head doesn't have to end up in your hands. That, that, that's why every thought that comes, we have to submit it to the power of God. We have to cast down the imaginations and submit them to the power of Christ. The, we, we may have a tempting desire, but that doesn't have to lead us to a deadly destination. It says that when we give in to the temptation, that's what leads to the trap. Entertaining evil desires traps you. We have to entertain it for it to have power. Just because it passes you don't mean you got to entertain it. It's not the first look that kills you guys, it's the second one. Yeah, ju just because he looks good Ladies, that doesn't mean you have to entertain it. 
Oh, let me help you. The Bible says that we don't judge on the outward appearance, that God looks at the heart. You, we need to start looking more at people's hearts but because the outer appearance, that, that, that fades away, but the inner man gets stronger day by day. See, you, you can have a, a man with a big car, but it doesn't matter if he has a little mind. He may have a mansion, but if he's got a little mind, that, 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 man, that you'd rather be on the street. See, it's all of, it's not about the temptation. It's, it's about whether or not we're going to get in, give into it and allow us or it to drag us away. See, the human heart is the most deceitful thing. Who can know it? Jeremiah 17, 9, the, the heart is deceitfully wicked. Who can know it? The world says, follow your heart. I say, that's stupid. That's why some of us end up in, in, in destinations that we never desired to be in. Why? Because we followed our heart. That's what the world wants you to think, that, that freedom is following your heart. But the heart is deceitful. I don't have to push that point too hard. You know the heart is deceitful because one day you wake up and you full of joy. The next day you wake up, you depressed. One day you wake up, you, he's the most handsome thing in the world. And the next day you wondering why you married him. You, your, your feelings. <laughs> they, they're feelings. I like to say it like this. They're meant to be a gauge, not a guide. Feelings are necessary. They let us know what's going on inside of us. They, 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 they let us know where we are emotionally. Feelings are necessary, but they're meant to be a gauge. They're not a guide. We, we don't allow the feelings to guide us. We allow God to guide. We, we submit feelings to our faith. If we allow feelings, emotion to God, life will be haphazard. Why? Because feelings change. Our desires change. The things we want change daily. I want to go to school. No, I want to start my career. No, I want to buy a house. No, I think we should stay where we are. No, I want to go to Ivy League school. No, I want to stay uh, uh, local. I, the, the emotions change, but the reason we follow God is because God is the same today, yesterday, and forever. The reason we follow God is we can trust his nature. We can't trust our nature because we're finicky people, but God says you can trust my nature because I don't change. The economy can't change me. Who's in the office can't change me. What's going on in your community can't change me. I, I'm, your emotions are, are fickle because they're, they're, they're submitted to the conditions of, of, of your world, but I'm not, I'm above your situation. I, that's why I, I love the verse that says, his ways aren't our ways. His thoughts aren't our thoughts. As high as the heavens are above the earth, so are his ways above ours. He is above that so he can stay consistent. And when we can trust in him, we can end up where he's called us to be. But if we're submitting our decisions to our feelings versus our faith, there's no freedom in that. How do you get the freedom? Here it is. But if you look closely into the perfect law that sets people free, 
Here's the good part. Don't miss it. If you read it too fast, you won't get it. And keep on paying attention to it. In other words, where's your consistency to the law? Don't, don't think that your life is going to change because you go to church once a month. Keep on paying attention to it. Keep on praying. Keep on doing that devotion. Keep on fasting. Keep on serving. Keep on going to your youth group. Keep on going to the small group. Keep on reading your word. Keep on corporate worshiping. Why? Because as you keep on paying attention to it, and not simply listening and then forget it, but put it into practice, you'll be blessed by God in what you do. The blessing out of bondage comes from my consistency. I'm blessed because of the law and my commitment to it. Freedom isn't following your feelings. Freedom comes through boundaries. Everybody say boundaries. When you gave your life to Christ, you, you were no longer a citizen of the United States. You became a citizen of the kingdom. And that's why the Bible says that we're ambassadors. An ambassador lives in a place that is not their home. We are citizens of the kingdom. Our home is in heaven, but we're left here on earth to be a light. So we're ambassadors. Our rules are antithetical to the world's. I call them paradoxical principles. What I mean by that is our world is upside down. Jesus says that if you want to get revenge, if somebody's offended you, you don't retaliate. You pray for those that persecute you. That's a paradoxical principle. Jesus said if you want to be great and if you want to have power, you don't do it how the world says you do it. You don't do it by pushing people down, by lying, by stealing. You don't work your way up the corporate ladder that way. He says that greatness in the kingdom comes through service, not exerting your power and pushing people down. That's a paradoxical principle. Jesus says, if you want to grow financially, you don't do it by, by storing up. You do it by giving. That's a paradoxical principle. Here's a paradoxical principle. You get freedom through restriction. Oh, man. This... He says if you want to be blessed, you don't get blessing with, with living life the way that you want to live it by doing whatever you want to do. The blessing of freedom comes from your boundaries. Here's my point. You want to jack up a marriage real quick? Get free. Talk to whoever you want to talk to. Have an, have an open marriage. That's freedom. But it traps you. You want to bless marriage, get some boundaries. You want to bless marriage... Figure out how you can love each other. Figure out what you're going to do and what you're not going to do. Figure out who you're going to talk to and who you're not going to talk to. Get, get some communication going on. Understand that the blessing of the marriage doesn't come from the freedom. It comes from the boundary. We free in our marriage because of the restrictions. 
A marriage with no restriction becomes a divorce. You, you want to be free as a single? Get some boundaries. The devil will tell you, do whatever you want. God gave you those desires. You should feel them. That's a trap. The happiest singles are the ones that have the boundary of abstinence. Why? Because they don't get caught up in mess. They don't end up in relationships that they shouldn't be in. When you put a boundary of purity around your singlehood, you can live free. You don't have to worry about a whole bunch of mess. You don't have to report to somebody who you're not married to. You don't end up in a lustful-filled relationship that leads to bondage and death and depression. I live free as a single, not through freedom, but through restriction, paradoxical principle. One person likes it. Thank you. I appreciate it. I worked hard on that. I appreciate that. That's, that's kind to of you. Really kind. You want freedom in your finances? Get a boundary of a budget. You want to know why so many people are broke? Because they were free. They buy whatever they want. They go wherever they please. And that freedom ended up being a trap. I can enjoy my finances when I've got some boundaries about how I'm going to spend my money. See, the devil wants you to think that God, he don't want you to have any fun. God, what's the, what's the point of all these rules? Is it that serious? Let me help you. God's rules are not restricting. God's rules are releasing. God gives you boundaries so he can bless you. God gives you rules so he can release you to purpose. God wants you to live in his blessing. God wants you to have a blessed marriage. God wants you to have blessed finances. God wants you to do, wants to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you could ask or think. We just have to submit our thoughts to his will the blessing comes if you don't get anything else get this through boundary if you want to be released for God's best start looking for restrictions start asking God in your prayers not to, to for restrictions. God will you tell me who needs to be in my circle maybe I need to be a little bit more stuck up maybe I need to stop letting everybody in my life God will you let me know what I should be spending my money on and what I shouldn't God will you help me get some boundaries around what I'm listening to because this is a lot of garbage and it's messing up my mind God Will you give me some boundaries for my eye gates? Maybe I shouldn't be watching what I'm watching. Why? Because it gives me feelings and emotions that I know aren't best for me. You need to understand that God wants to bless you, but you don't get the blessings unless you get his boundaries. It's actually restriction that brings freedom the devil gives you freedom on the front end so he can trap you on the back end oh, that's, listen that was worth you coming out here it is the, the devil gives you short-term pleasure front end long-term pain back end 
That's why Hebrews says that the pleasures of sin are fleeting. Yeah, we don't talk about that enough. There's some pleasure in sin. Let's go on and throw that out there. If, if you had no pleasure when you were sinning, you should have hollered at me. I could have helped you. You weren't doing it right. There's pleasure in sin. Here's the problem with it, that it's a trap. There's some sin that you have fun in, but it ends up trapping you. The, 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 the fun that you had getting drunk ended up in a trap in an addiction. The fun that you have had on that website that you shouldn't have been on ended in perversion. That The fun that, that, that you had in your marriage ended up in divorce on the back end. See, the devil will show you the pleasure up front, but he'll hide the pain on the back end. But God says, I want you to sacrifice up front. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm going give you some pain up front it's gonna be a sacrifice up front there's gonna be some discipline up front so it's short-term pain with God but it's long-term purpose it's short-term pain with God but it's long-term pleasure can anybody testify that I've sacrificed some stuff and I saw God show out in my life I, I made some changes and I got some boundaries and God blessed me God in giving you boundaries because he's boring. Think about how silly that is. God's the one that created intimacy. How's he boring? Because he said that's only for you and one other person. That's a boundary. So you can enjoy the blessings. You don't know how many people I counsel in their marriage and most of their marital problems came from their habits when they were single. God wants you to live in peace. He wants you to have more than you need because when you have more than you need, you're free to bless other folk. You think he wants you struggling? You think he wants you to have more month than you do money? Ah, but guess what? If you want the blessing, you have to get a boundary. I want to give you this last scripture and, and this is really the key. The same power that rose Jesus Christ from the dead is living in you. Let me try this. Uh, this is the holy side, Pastor Reagan and um, Pastor Joy over here. Let me try this side. That excites me. The same power that rose Jesus Christ from the dead is living in you. There we go. What does that mean? That means that the power that's in me is greater than the power that was me. The power that was you was the human nature. The, the power that's in you now is the Holy Spirit. So there's a power that you have to, that, that, that should guide you. Why? Because the same power that got Jesus out of his grave can get you out of your grave. The same power that got Jesus 
out of death will get you out of the death of depression. The same power that got Jesus out of the grave will get you out of the grave of your debt. The same power that got Jesus out of the grave will get you out of the grave that you're experiencing in your marriage. The same power that got Jesus out of the grave will get you out of the grave that you're experiencing in your ministry. The same power that got Jesus out of the grave will get you out of the grave of your depression. Can anybody testify that I serve a God that can get me out of my grave? You don't know who I used to be. You don't know the struggles I used to have. I know I look good now, but my life used to be a mess. The only reason I'm living the way that I'm living is because I submitted my human nature to the Holy Spirit. Come here, come here, come here. Today, you can get out of that grave. Today, no, today, you can get free. Today, you can make a decision that God, I'm no longer living based on my pleasure. I'm living based on your purpose. God, today, I'm no longer allowing my feelings to be my filter. Today, I'm allowing my faith to be my filter. Every decision I make is going to be contingent on what you believe about it. Every decision I make is going to be based on what your word has to say about it. Everywhere I go is going to be contingent on where you lead and guide me. I love Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 that says, lean not upon your own understanding but in all your ways acknowledge me and I will make your path straight. If you knew what straight meant, where are all my geometry students? The, 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 the easiest way to get from point A to point B is what? A straight line. God says, I want to get you from where you at to where I called you to be in the easiest way possible. I want to get you out of that pain and into my purpose in a straight line. Christians don't do circles. We do straight lines. We don't do the same mistakes over and over and over and over again. That's the circle life. God didn't call you to a circle life. He called you to a straight line. I want to pray for us, but I want to do a special prayer this afternoon. And this prayer is specifically for anyone that's saying, you know what? I'm ready to get free. Like this, this is for those who really want to keep it real. Those that, of you that are looking at your life and you're saying, you know what? If I'm honest, I'm not giving God everything right now. There's another level that the Lord is trying to take me to. And it's going to take some discipline. It's going to take me renewing my mind. I know I have a relationship with him, but, but, but Unique, if I'm being honest, I'm more in my past tense salvation than my present tense salvation. I, I, I need to change some things if I'm really going to maximize my God-given potential. I want to pray for you. Don't worry about who's looking around you. This is an opportunity for you to have a marker moment in your life to say, this was the day things changed for me. I'll wait on You know who you are. 
You know who you are. Don't do that. You worried about what somebody's going to think? You where you want to be in life? Come on. I'll wait on you. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, where my leader's at? There we go. I knew it. Got to be patient sometimes. I know it. It's hard, isn't it? Truth be told, everybody could be up here. It's beautiful. I love it. Come on. It's time to get free, y'all. It's time to get free. It's time to stop playing games. God has a plan and purpose for your life. God wants to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you could ask or think. There's a place of freedom God wants you to get in, family. There's a place of peace. There's a place of prosperity. There's a place of purpose. Ah, beautiful, beautiful. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God's going to honor your faith. God's going to honor that step forward you took. That may have been your first step out of bondage. Give these people a hand. Give these people a hand. Hallelujah. Dear Heavenly Father, you see your children. Honor their step. Father, I pray that today is a day that they can mark on their calendar and say, something changed in me. Something supernaturally happened when I said I wanted freedom. Meet them at their point of need. Remove the fear. Remove the doubt. Show them today how much of a God you are. Help them to embrace the pain so that they can maximize their God-given potential. May their greatest desire be for your will and not their own. God, I want to pray that you show up in their life in a special way today. Whatever that bondage is, whatever step they're trying to take towards freedom, God, push them. You're a God uh, 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 that waits on permission. So when they stepped out of their seat and they walked forward, they were saying, God, push me. God, give me the strength to be comfortable in uncomfort. God, give me the strength to stand out and, and stop fitting in. God, give me the faith that I need to walk in freedom. God, help me to pass this test so I can get out of this circle life and get into a straight line. God, I want to be further ahead in 2023 than I was in 2022. I want my marriage to be better in 2023 than it was in 2022. God, I want my finances to be better in 2023 than it was in 2022. God, I want my mind to be better in 2023 than it was in 2022. God, th these people are tired of the circle life and they're ready for a straight line. Help them to 
stop leaning on their own understanding, but in all their ways acknowledge you so you can direct their path. Use them to make a difference in their community. Use them to make a difference in their church. Use them to make a difference in their home. God, use them to make a difference in their community. God, may they be a light that shines in darkness. Yeah. It's no more time to play games. God, we're serious. Life is too short to be simple. God, we, 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 we want your will done in our life. So we're submitting to you in a new way today. And we're recommitting to the disciplines. We're recommitting our faith. We're getting out of doubt. And we're going to do what you called us to do and embrace the purpose and plan that you have. And that is in Jesus' name. Everybody that agrees, say amen. Amen.